Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So to me, all big elk look the same. But when you see a big mule deer, you know it's a big mule deer. They started an archery shop in California. And so Easton, we're the only arrow manufactured in the USA. My bullseye is the size of a dinner plate where other guys, they're shooting meals trying to get that dime. I don't consider myself an influencer. I'm more of a product prostitute. <laughs> How many elk have you killed? He goes, well, I've killed like 12 elk with this bow setup. I'm like, do you know the guy who's telling you your bow's messed up? I think he's killed maybe two. My advice for anyone, I mean, number one, do less, have fun, and just don't drop your arm. This is Isaac Elliman, and you're listening to The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. There's a lot of people that can pull the trigger on an animal, but they don't know what to do with it after. If you would have told me that a stupid turkey was going to make me get that excited, I'd have told you you were crazy. It's just a skill that you have to perfect over a lot of years. Hunting is a tribal activity. We've lost the tribe. We can't even hunt together anymore. Well, the people that are anti-hunting are usually pro-abortion. So kill the people, save the animals. I just remember riding my horse back to camp with the northern lights and the moose behind me, and I'm like, this is why I've done this. This is as cool as an experience as I will get. Hi, this is Jim Shockey. This is Sam Sohol, the public land bus guy. Hi, I'm Kimmy Greentree. Hi, this is South Cox with the Western Bowhunter Podcast. Hey, this is Ben Dedamonte, a.k.a. Shed Crazy. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. All right, well, here we are at the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo getting towards, like, I guess it's towards the end of the day on Friday. Friday. What uh, what time do they shut this I think foolishness it's se- down? I think it's 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock? Okay, we are not anywhere near the end of the day on Friday. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I am sitting down with the one, the only, Isaac Aylman. Thank you. And uh, we are here today. You know, Isaac Isaac works for Easton. Yep. Isaac is really an expert in the technical aspects of aeroflight <laughs> and, uh, you know, really kind of the nuance uh, and, and, and the importance of, of FOC is really what's the most important thing to him. 
Uh, so I'd really, really like to get your insight on what you think of FOC, Isaac. FOC, as I say to some people, you know, it's that rabbit hole you can go down. <laughs> and FOC, I stole too, is uh, I won't swear, but stands for okay, but effing overcomplicated sometimes. <laughs> All right? So my take on it is some people think it's very important. All right? I, I, you know, I work at Easton, Ar- I work for Easton Archery now for seven years. You know, I love bow hunting, and I could see how I went down that rabbit hole, go down that rabbit <laughs> hole. All right? And I see the trend, so it was really big back in the day, I was, I was told, like from the guys who worked there for a while. Okay. I was told FOC was real popular, then it died down, and it was all about, you know, lightweight arrows, and it went to heavy arrows. Now the trend's making it back again, high FOC. It's just like clothing. It just cycles around, it and does. it all it all it, comes back. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what happens. Well, well, we're not seriously going to sit and talk about the technical aspects of arrows, because honestly... Who really cares about it? <laughs> well, no, but this is the thing, though. I mean, I, so I joke around about it. I know what's worked for me. I mean, and, you know, I, I personally like a heavy arrow. Yep. A heavy arrow with, you know, uh, with just a 100-grade point on it. I mean, I prefer a heavy arrow over than a lightweight arrow with a heavy front. And I actually, I don't measure my FOC. I don't even know what my... Uh, what my arrow weighs and people make fun of me for that because we are working in the archery industry they think you would be geeking out on arrows but this is the problem is my personality in that you could i mean if i work in there having all those arrows there i could spend weeks just freaking out on arrows every single arrow and and combination nothing done at my job (laughs) so that could be a bad thing and you know and i've talked to the engineers about it and you you know you talk to different people it'll they'll give you different answers but it comes down to confidence if you feel it helps you my experience a heavy arrow you know i like the fmj i love an aluminum carbon arrow okay that to me that's an arrow i like Heavy arrow, I've had great success with that. And if it's broke, don't fix it. So that's one of the things I, you know, I go with. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I shoot a, I want to, I shoot a pretty heavy arrow. Like it's, you know, I, um, you shoot an axis, I'm, shooting right? the, I'm shooting the axis. Yeah. You're, and, you know, that takes us to uh, how we originally challenge. met. This was what, three years ago, two years? Three, I think it was three years three, ago. Been, yeah, over three years ago. Because it was before I went on my first ever, like, elk hunt. Yep. And I kind of bombed in, and I, it was just, I was just tired. I just felt like sitting down, and I, I don't know, I think we were in the Hushin booth or something. No, you were in your car. Well, your no, tra- no, that oh, was yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We yeah. were in the Hushin booth, and yeah. I just, you know, I just, like, sat down, and you were just there, and you know me, I'll talk to anybody, and clearly you will as well. Yep, sure will. <laughs> and I think we just talked for, like, an hour about absolutely nothing. And, uh, you know, then later, it, it was the very last day. I was sitting in the back of my rental car, just kind of counting my splintered uh, black eagles. <laughs> and I remember you, you walked by with your son, and, and you're like, man, we need to get you into, uh, you need to be using some Eastons. And I'm like, I was kind of like, yeah, I had no idea what you did. Like, we never talked about yep. any of that. And I, I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, these work well enough for me. I'm like, <laughs> you know, they, and, uh, and you're like, no, man, you know, why, uh, you know, why are you using those instead of Easton's or something? And I'm like, I don't know. Nobody's ever given, given me a reason to change. You're like, well, you need to be using Easton. 
And I was just like so dumb about it. And you're like, you have no idea what I do, do you? <laughs> no, yeah, no, but, well, you didn't. You know, and I saw, and I, I kind of, you know, I kind of gathered from you. You know, I saw after talking to you, you were hungry. You know, and I love seeing these guys that are new to the sport. They're hungry. You know, they're ready to go. I mean, and that's what you know. I just really. You know, like seeing that is the growth to the sport, really, is what it is. But there's another reason why I knew you were from Cali. <laughs> okay, and the thing is, people don't realize that's where Easton started. Oh, wow. Is in California. Okay. So okay. yeah, they started an archery shop in California, and so Easton, we're the only arrow manufactured in the USA. The only really? one. Yes. Everyone else is, is overseas. Yep. Huh. Uh, yep. All others overseas. Easton's manufactured here in Salt Lake City, but they originated in uh, California. And the unique thing about that is, is we're a, Easton's a family-owned business. This is a three-generation business. So it's pretty cool. The, the grandpa's the one that started it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a hunting accident uh, with the shotgun, and while in the hospital room, got into archery. Okay. And from there, he started Eastern Archery, which he started using the old steeder shafts, and then he went into making aluminum shafts. His son took it over. They moved the facility to Salt Lake City, started manufacturing shafts, hockey sticks, baseball bats. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people know Easton from the baseball bat. Yeah. But they don't realize it started from an actual uh, you know, arrow. So the arrow was, was the first. That was the origination of the whole That was the original whole thing. Whole thing. Yep. He started with aluminum because that's the material, the aluminum arrow, is the straightest, consistent you can get. With, you know, with the material at the time that you can use. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so they went from there, and then they started the baseball bat division. Uh, back in the late 90s, I believe it was, they sold the baseball bat sports division, and they took that money, and that's where you hear about the Eastern Archery Centers, the okay, Olympic Training yeah, Centers. Yeah. They used that money to open those up for training facilities for the uh, archery athletes. Okay. So okay. that's kind of a cool story about Easton. You know, it's funny. It's like, and I mean... You know, I'm from California, so I can I can talk more crap than anyone else. But, um, you know, it is funny when you think about the history that California has with the outdoors is huge. Yep. I mean, like, well, even like Weatherby, you know, yep. we're just up up the aisle from Weatherby. And they started out in California. There's so, so much of the outdoors that started out there. And I completely understand the reasons everybody is no longer there. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just it's kind of a funny it's one of those funny storied histories that most people have no idea about until you, you know, you get OK, into so it. you told me you recently moved to Northern California. Yeah, right? I'm up in Northern California. Are you familiar uh, with, the, with the Indian? Uh, uh, I may murder is Ishii. You're familiar with that? Yeah, name? I've, yeah I've, I've read the book like ages ago when I was so, like yeah, in So, yeah, so that's school. the inspiration for the whole lot of the Pope and Young, the guys that keep okay. the score, that started the score, the scoring system for archery. He's one of the reasons, and that's all from, uh, it was Northern California. I believe California. it was Northern California. I, I'm pretty sure. Somebody will probably email me and, yeah, and correct, yeah, me yeah, wrong, yeah, correct, wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. But I just know because also uh, Chuck Adams, legendary bow hunter, right? Mm-hmm. The first guy to kill all the North American game with a bow. Uh, he's he's actually from Northern California as well too. Yeah, so. there's a there's a lot of you know I've had a lot of people on the the podcast that I had no idea where they'll hop on and they'll be like, oh yeah no I was from uh, you know this city or I grew up in like near <laughs> Fresno or something I'm yep. like, I mean again I understand why there are most of them are gone now but it's just it's it's kind of funny you know it's because of the reputation California has and everything but so got some of the history of Easton I want to get some of the history of Isaac. Tell us a little bit about you. How did you get introduced to hunting in the outdoors originally? So I've always hunted. Uh, you know, growing up, I'm born and raised here in Utah. Uh, my dad, you know, uh, he, he, we always hunted for deer, right? 
And the way we've always hunted was we hike our butt off. Okay, hike our butt off, first deer we see, shoot them, shoot them in the head, don't waste the meat, <laughs> and bring and drag the deer down. So I've, I was raised into hunting that way. I didn't know any other way. My dad was like, let's hike. And so that's what we've always done. But we were rifle hunters. Uh, we used to bow hunt. My first archery, I mean, I got used to archery, really. I mean, little kid, you always do it, but Rambo, first blood, part two. <laughs> oh, man, that was, the, that, was the, that was the ticket right there. I remember seeing that. I wanted that Rambo bow. Is, is that the one where he screws on that giant arrowhead, yes. like the weird, that looks like the, the hat from one of the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what's funny, so Easton actually made those arrows. And in the movie, he, yes. he, he puts his arrows together. And that was actually just a tent pole that we had for him and we fletched. <laughs> I bowed out. But That's yeah. awesome. But so, and so I've always been in the archery, but I really never got into it. I mean, the, the thing is, to be honest with you, is I didn't start really shooting a bow till 2005. Wow. Okay. So I always rifle hunted, muzzleload hunted. And it wasn't until 2005 I really decided to, you know, get into archery and at the time, I wasn't even working in the industry. I worked for the DMV. Okay, <laughs> at the DMV, worked nine years for the for the DMV, Ooh. loving everything about hunting, reading. This is back in the day now. Forums, okay, but even yeah, before MySpace. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. I was on every forum, reading every book, and I just got so sucked into archery, you know, because there's an area here in Utah we're able to hunt, and it's a it's a archery only unit. And so, and I used to hunt out with a rifle with my dad. Okay. And there's no ATVs, no horses. You have to hike in. And so I just wanted to hunt that again. And sure enough, that's what I did. And it has probably been probably one of the, you know, best things I ever did because I was so passionate about archery. It kind of just everything fell into place. Mm-hmm. So, and now here I am, I'm working at, I'm a, a marketing job at Easton. Yep. So, yep. I mean, that's, you know, that's how it's always worked. I mean, we've always hunted, you know, Utah, public land, mule deer. That's what I, that's what I love to hunt right there. So it's mule deer for you, eh? Mule deer all the way. People think <laughs> it's crazy. People think, you know, I, I, I mean, elk, they're great. But when you see a elk, okay, so when you go down to the booths here. So at this show, you got Doyle Moss. You know, you go to the booth, you see all these big elk, okay? And they're all big. So to me, all big elk look the same. But when you see a big mule deer, you know it's a big mule deer. Okay? <laughs> There's no doubt There's that no that is doubt, a giant. There's no doubt, man. I mean, I, I will love, give you that. Yeah. I will give you that. Like, you know, you can be out and you can be, see, like, a good size mule You're like, that is a respectable mule deer. But when you see, like, uh, a big mule deer, yes. like, that's the only way you like... There's no doubt that that is just <laughs> and, enormous. And so, like, so, like, when I talk to you and you're getting into archery, you know, and you're mm-hmm. wanting to, you know, to learn, and it's intimidating because you have that curb, you know, that learning curve, yeah. right? And so, for me, I was always like, man, it's going to be hard before I kill something, you know, and do, you'll kill something big. But, I mean, I'll just show you right here. Here's my second deer with a bow. Oh, dang. And we're looking at a picture of a very large deer, folks. So, for nice. me, okay, so growing up, I know people say spread doesn't matter. But growing up, man, it was like, remember the 30-inch was the benchmark, right? That's what it was. You kill 30-inch deer. Okay. Okay. And everybody says, but that's what I've always wanted. And sure enough, I was lucky to get him, and he scored 32 inches. Nice. So that was my second deer with a bow. And after that, everyone's, that's a deer of a lifetime. Oh, man, I mean, that's a public land deer. You're never going to kill another deer. Well, the following year, I killed that deer. (laughs) This thing is enormous, guys. It is, I mean, it. And so That's this is insane. a three-point. So he was a 31-inch three-point. 
Okay. Okay, my third deer with a bow. Yeah, you know, the three-point. But, you know, and it was one of those things where I constantly just kept grinding, going up there. I knew there was a big deer there. Mm -hmm. And I just kept going to the same spot. And, you know, the learning curve shortened up. I mean, and just kept going at it. I mean, so... Well, that's one thing I've realized, especially this year in Montana, and it's one of those things I think people tell you all the time when you're getting into hunting, is the value of hunting the same area. Yes. And I haven't done that. My second year, I had a buddy invite me out to Colorado, so I went and hunted Colorado. This last year, I went and hunted Montana, and so I haven't been hunting consistently hunting the same area. Um, but this year, I really realized that because my Montana trip was six weeks. Yes. And so... You know, effectively, I learned that area. I found a spot that had yes. a good elk herd. It was just this little teeny spot of state land, but, it, you know, it had, I, I had them patterned. And you learn that area. You know exactly where they're going to go. You know the spots you have to check. You're Correct. wasting so little time. And it really, really hit home for me this year. And, uh, you know, I need to find... You know, Montana, I want, I want one spot in Montana, but I need to find a couple other spots that I can really start scouting and learning because it has such huge value. It is has a huge value. And I mean, and, it, and after a while, you'll start learning because there are certain areas you'll take a look at, right? And some guys will go to Google Earth, right, right away. And they'll be like, okay, I'm going to hunt this area, look at this big basin. Oh, this is going to be great. But when you start researching like that, I, my nephew was looking at an area, and I go, hey, you don't understand. There are guys up there every year. A group of guys. I told them there'll be seven guys up there on the opener. Sure enough, yep. there were a group of guys up there. But then also you learn that some of the areas that look good on the map, but there's pockets that hold them, and other people don't know those. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, I, that's one of the things on my, that first year that really, really kind of screwed me was I looked at Google Earth, and, you know, you see, like, kind of somewhere uh -huh. the trails are and stuff, and you're like, okay, this looks great. And I got in, and it was solid. It was just, a, it looked good when I first started getting up into yep. it. And once I'd kind of committed, all of a sudden I realized I'm literally climbing over waist-high deadfall for miles and miles. Yep. I'm, you know, busting my way through choke trees and everything. <laughs> and it had just snowed early. And so it's like, you can't tell you're going over this deadfall. And you can't tell if your next step's going to be three feet or three yep. inches. And, you know, this whole thing. And you will never learn any of that from Google Earth. No, it's not. I mean, you won't. And even, well, even cut hunting back, you know, from my day with my dad, I mean, we stuck to the trails. Yeah. But we hiked a lot. We'd, he know a few shortcuts here and there, but we're hunting with rifles, so it's a whole different game. Archery hunting, I mean, it's like, it's a, that learning curve, you know, is pretty rough. But once you start doing it enough, I mean, and you get comfortable with it, it's, you know, especially having your own area to hunt. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know that area, the ins and outs, where the deer are going to be, where they're going to go to next. And, yep. you know, that's the most important thing for us, you know what I mean? being able to hunt here yeah it's 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 tough because i need to i need to hunt a little more at home too i've been i you know i got caught up in the like going out of state and chasing stuff and i buy tags at home every year this year i did not hunt a single day at home because i mean it's also this was also an odd year between quitting my job yeah. uh rebranding the podcast then uh i had my montana tag and so i had to do all of that so i was gonna hunt california before montana and then hunt Montana, and then hopefully hunt some more in California afterwards. But Montana ended up being six weeks, and that was uh, 
quite the quite the adventure, but. Right on. <laughs> yeah, I, I could imagine six weeks in Montana. That's, that's got to be fun, though. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, and winter came early, so I'm freezing my ass off the whole time, of course. But <laughs> look how skinny you are, though. There you go, man. You got to put some, you know. Well, this is this is all thanks to the shot show flu. I lost about ten pounds. Gotcha, gotcha. That was that was a lot of fun, but we won't. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we won't discuss that plague anymore. <laughs> I hear you on that, man. Oh man. So you. Uh, I noticed one of the things you hunt with your son a lot. Yes, I do. And that is that is a huge thing. And I, I really love that. One of my favorite things is because you post it all the time, is the series of photos. You always kinda take you guys always take kind of the same the photo. The total archery challenge. As the photo. total archery yes. challenge. And uh, and then you know you're always always hunting together. I always see that stuff and it's just I love there's just something about seeing your guys' relationship and, and seeing you guys hunt together, which is just really awesome. I absolutely love that. Well, it, you know, and that was important because, like, my dad used to take me and my brother out, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, let's go. But the thing with my dad was he would hike us into the ground, right? And there were times <laughs> I didn't like it. So I remember when I t- started taking my son, I just wanted him to go. So that's one of the things is, so I, last, that last year I killed, last muley I killed with my bow was in 2010. Okay. Okay. Since then, my son was able to hunt as 2012. Since my son was able to hunt, he has filled seven out of eight mule deer tags. Nice. All public land. And his biggest four of them were with a bow. <laughs> oh, so, and he's had great success. But leading up to that when he was little, when you take your kid hunting, here's the deal. You're no longer hunting. You're going out with your son, you know, your daughter. You're going to have fun. You're taking your bow just in case. So when we'd go out, it was like, okay, we're going to go out. We're going to take some mountain house. We're going to take, you know, make a little fire. We're going to make a hut. Yeah. And you, that's why you'll see sometimes you have little hammocks in there. And then I'd always bring just the extra old arrows with them, you know, and his little bow and let them fling arrows at stuff. Yep. You know, let them just have fun. And that's one of the key things because if you take your kid out on a legit hunt, you've got to be quiet. You can't move. You know, sit still, yeah. it's cold. No, you got to take him out and slowly get him into yeah. that. And then going to Total Archery Challenges again, take him there and let him fling arrows and have fun. That's what I love about the Total Archery Challenge. It is a fun shoot. There's a lot of 3D tournaments out there where they keep score, you know, they mark mm-hmm. targets and that. And that's fun and all, but Total Archery Challenge, go out there, fling arrows, have fun. And it's one of the things now to where he's graduated high school. He's a bow tech at Shields. Oh, nice. I mean, and he's, you know, and he's loving his job. I mean, he is so into archery now. He's a little archery tech and I never pushed it on him because I'm not very, I'm not very technical. Yeah. I mean, for me, when we talked about arrows, right? For me, the arrow shoots good, flies good, you know, paper tunes. I'm happy because my bullseye is the size of a, you know, dinner plate. Yeah. Where other guys, they're shooting, you know, trying to get that dime, right? They're trying to shoot the eye they're out. They're trying to shoot time. the eye out. Yeah. Me, I'm happy if I could just get it in that dinner plate. So I'm not a technical guy, and now my boy is learning all that, and he's on the technical side of things. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of weird how everything just kind of came around. I mean, I started working for the DMV, and I used to be, uh, you know, I, I was for Badlands Backpacks. I was, they're a local company, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, when you have a show, let me help. You know, I mean, I didn't know what a pro staff was, but they yeah. said, okay, you're a pro staff. Come and help at the shows. We'll give you a free backpack, and we'll give you a deal on backpacks. So I used to work the shows for them constantly. And working at DMV all that time, you know, I would my take vacation days to come to this show and help them. Yeah. And from there, I ended up being to the point to where they're like, hey, we want to hire you as a sales manager. Like, I don't have a degree. <laughs> they're like, we don't care. You're passionate about hunting. And so they actually hired me as a sales manager, 
And I worked there for five years and Easton hired me as a sales manager for them. <laughs> and so that's how it all kind of, I mean, archery kind of just is all from just loving archery, loving this industry kind of took over and it led to a career for me. Yeah. So I asked my little story there. Well, and it's funny, you know, it's, it's interesting you talk about kind of, you know, quote unquote, becoming pro staff yes. for, for Badlands. And it's such, it's taken such a shift where it's like, it's almost reversed where people are, are like, okay, make me pro staff and then I'll, then I'll do the work or yeah, something. I mean, it's weird. You know, and I, I'm, I'm far from the person that's going to like talk crap about it. Like, I'm not that guy, but it's just, it, I've, I've heard that same story before where it's people come in and they just want to be involved and help out. Yes. And, and that's how you develop and, that and relationship. Then exactly. And that's how, especially in this industry, the word of mouth from other manufacturers, you get guys who are like, hey, I don't want nothing for free, man. You know, uh, you know, but can I help you out? And that's one of the things where, you know, you get something from, you know, from a company, they're like, well, they're just giving me free product. They're not paying me any money. No, that product is still worth yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Okay. And coming to work a show, but it's the people that are hungry and excited about it. The people that want to help sell your product, not use you to help grow them. Yeah. And that's what you got to find that fine line and bounce, you know, bounce that. And I was going to say, I'm sure, I'm sure you deal with that all day long, what's, getting messages what, and calls. What's or... really good, our director of marketing is the one who writes the checks. So <laughs> when it comes to people saying they want to get paid, I'm like, talk to that guy. Talk to that guy. You want free product? Show me what you can do or a deal on product. Because the way it works for a lot of companies, it's a three-tier system. And I like to call it uh, Goose, Maverick, and Iceman. Okay? All right, all right. So Goose, Level three, you get a discount on a product, okay? And then there's level two, for people, they get free product up to a certain amount, then a discount off other product. And then when you get, you know, that's the Maverick, and you get the Iceman, because I like the Iceman more than Maverick, personally. <laughs> I was kind of wondering yeah. about that. I was like, so, wait a second. No, I like Iceman. Iceman level is where you get paid, is where you're getting paid, and then you get the product as well. Yeah. And so those are the kind of levels you see, but, you know, people think pro staff, the pro and pro staff stands for professional. It's actually wah, promotional. Wah. Yeah. You know, and those are the people you really want pushing your product, you know? Like, yeah. like when I met you, you know, like I said, I offered you free arrow. I very rarely do that to people. But talking to you, seeing your personality, seeing you were hungry. You were really hungry. And I, when you see that in somebody, and you were genuine about it, you know? You were yeah. like, hey, look at me. This is what I do. Give me free product. I mean, no. Yeah. So, I mean. I, I think I turned you down like the first three times, Yeah, you did. Too. Like, hey, let me send you something, man. Because, I mean, and again, I... But see, also, though, I came from that, you know, loving something, loving the industry, loving the product, but also not having the money or the memes or anything to understand yeah. how it all works and just reaching out. And it was, for me, it was a friend I went to high school with who worked for Hoyt. Oh, wow. And he's the one that kind of, you know, helped me through it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was pretty cool. <laughs> well, you know, I greatly appreciate it because only God knows with, uh, with how I shoot. I, I need help with, with my arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, though, I mean, this, what's great, though, that was a lot of YouTube videos out there about shooting. But remember, when you're shooting, just remember, get actually get, get, get like uh, the, the, the small plates, you know, for a piece of cake. Yeah. Start there and do not get frustrated, you know. And that's one thing. It's funny, you know, I get I'm such a, I can tend to be such a perfectionist when it comes to myself. Yes. That. I forget, and you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone does it at the time. You know, when you're out shooting, and it's it's just a little bit off, and you start getting frustrated. And it's yes. most likely just because you're doing some stupid gripping yes. your bow, whatever it is. But it's just a little bit off, and 
and we're talking like less than a less than a pie plate. You know, maybe we're talking a three inch spread yeah. or something like uh-huh. that, three four inch spread. And you're just like, oh, it's not, you know, I get all frustrated. You start tweaking your bow, and it just gets worse and yeah. worse. When in all reality, you're like. If I'm shooting a three-inch spread of 60 yards, I'm killing any deer I'm shooting at. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, and it, it, it goes, goes down to, like, sometimes you got to unplug and stop. Like, I always tell people when they're shooting, I'm like, do less. And I just yep. mess with them. You know, was that, was that Forgetting Sarah Marshall? You ever see that movie? Kudos, trying to teach him to surf. Yes. Okay, you do less. You got to do less. That's what I tell people. The guy, just one guy would draw back. I'm like, oh, yeah, let back down. Do less. And he's like, what? I'm like, just clear your mind. Just you know, relax. And, you know, because once you start getting in that mindset, mm-hmm. you know, per- being perfectionist, it starts, at, you know, the ball starts tumbling. Now, there are guys in the industry who are target shooters. They need to. That's their job. Yeah. And so that's a whole different era. I mean, if you're looking to get in target shooting, that I understand. But for hunting, don't get too, you know. And in the end, an expensive arrow with a lot of FOC and expensive broadhead. <laughs> For another, for a cheap arrow, I mean, and well, that's the thing. It's funny. I, I, you know, Facebook, I'm, Facebook memories, like the memories yes. every day, is probably the greatest thing Facebook has ever done, because it's like, you know, I look back now and I see all those old pictures that I caught where I'm shooting my old uh, whatever the Bass Pro Shop brand arrow, you know, they're like yeah, they're, generic arrows yeah. and they're like they're like Lincoln Logs in size, like they're enormous, especially now that I'm using the, the Axis. I'm like, holy crap, those things were huge. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I'm like shooting them like with two fletchings on them yep. and, and I'm and to be honest, like I was shooting just fine with them <laughs> jacked up and uh, because I I just wasn't worried about it. I was just focused on on shooting. And, I mean, at the time, I'm also, you know, shooting out to 20, 30 yards max trying to figure okay, out what yeah. the hell is going on. <laughs> but, like, I was, oh, my gosh, I would just super glue the veins. If the vein kind of came loose, I'd just super exactly. glue it back on. I wouldn't use a, a I, I can't even imagine uh, now. But, yeah, I was just. I don't know, man. Getting started but, with that, looking back well, at that, was this, so this, perfect. This, this, this is something you got to know, okay? So there's a guy we work with, right? He's a very technical guy, right? <laughs> very technical. And so, so this new guy started, and he started. Uh, he was a new, new department, you know, bow hunter. Brought his bow in. Okay. Brought his bow in, and uh, this guy who's worked there for a while looks at his bow and says, "Oh, your timing's all off, and your bow's out, and you know, you're shooting different arrows, and." So he goes, and so he's like, oh, well, God, my bow's off and everything. And it got in his head, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. And it got in his head pretty bad. And I went and I told him, go, listen, relax. How many elk have you killed? He goes, well, I've killed like 12 elk with, with this bow setup. I'm like, exactly. I go, do you know the guy who's telling you your bow's messed up? I think he's killed maybe two or one. <laughs> I'm like, so, you know, again, you know, because what happened was he got his, brought his bow in, got it tuned up, started messing around with arrows, his release, and he was not shooting very well. Yep. And so it, it just got in his head. I'm like, listen, don't go down that hole. You know, oh, you're yeah. shooting good. I mean, your, your, your equipment does have to be, you know, in tune. There's but, a certain. But there's a certain level. Yeah. There's a perfectionist level, you know, and then there's that, you know. Well, I would say your equipment has to be tuned or it has to be qual- as quality as you are. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. You only need equipment that shoots as good as you do. Correct. And, uh, you know, so you don't need the highest end equipment. You don't need the, uh, and like, 
You know what? If you are just starting out, if you are literally just trying to figure out the mechanics of a bow and how to shoot, and you're doing, you know, doing those 10, 20 yard shots yeah. max right now, who cares if you know you you inherited the you know the stack of arrows that like came with your bow in the kit, and then you have a couple of you know uh, what did I have the uh, east I had some, I had some east ends that I'd bought uh, like way back in the day. I still have one uh, that I I'd broken and I cut it off, and it's on the antenna of my old oh, car yeah, yeah. that is my is nephew has. Is it aluminum one or a carbon? No, it was a carbon okay. one. Um, and I could I oh, I can picture it, but. Uh, but yeah, and like so, I bought those, and so I'm like shooting these these fat old arrows, and I'm, and but I was just trying to figure out the mechanics. Yeah. And when you're just trying to pie plate it at 20 yards, correct? You can you can shoot a freaking tree branch, and it yeah. probably hit in the same spot. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah that, that's true. I mean, when you, when we start talking about arrows and pricing, what comes down when you talk with arrows is the diameter of the arrow. Okay, you got you know Easton, you got a six five, you know the mm -hmm. di diameter. You got a 6.5, a 6 millimeter, a 5 millimeter, and a 4 millimeter. And it all just comes down to the smaller diameter, uh, the straightness of the arrow. That's where all the pricing and everything comes in. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. and of course, Easton has a line. Because, I mean, we're, you know, we're, I think we're going to, I mean, we're close to a 100-year-old company. Yeah. I mean, you know, we started, I mean, it started in 1922 is when, uh, you know, Easton's, you know, Easton started. So that's, you know, we got arrows for everything, but it just comes down to what you want and which, you know, what your preference is and how much you want to get into it. Because, yeah. for instance, for me, I'm not going to know a .001 straightness on an arrow. I'm not going to know the difference between that and a three. Yeah. All right? That's just me. There are some guys who will notice it, or for them, it gives them that confidence. And if it gives you confidence, go for it. But mm -hmm. for me, it's just like, hey, my arrows are flying good. It's this straight. I'm happy. Well, with archery, getting out of your head is so crazy. I did, a, I did an episode with Joel Turner. Uh, shot IQ and it you know that's yeah. his whole thing is like reprogramming your brain and so much of all of this stuff you do yeah you just need to forget about it like, right. yep exactly and and again like having those things you know so much of it is mental to where yeah if paying a little bit extra for that match grade arrow yep. that's got that extra straight if it, if it just lets you forget about your arrows Correct. a little bit if you know Having that uh, whatever, some extra weight on, you know, some extra FOC, <laughs> if uh, using a different vein or whatever, ha not having an arrow or having it, if all of that gets you to just forget about that, yep. honestly, especially when you're starting out, again, it's not going to make any difference in your shooting uh, to a certain extent. Hey, course, Aaron but. Snyder said it best on a podcast I listen to, man. If you don't practice... All right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't matter how good your equipment is. You're not going to shoot good. Nothing in the world will you know, make up for practicing. And, yep. you know, that's what it comes down to. It, it is. I mean, it's all practice. Practice shot placement, you know. But my, my advice for anyone, I mean, when I talk about, you know, anything with archery, I tell them, number one, do less, have fun. And just don't drop your arm <laughs> when you're shooting. <laughs> my bad habit. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bow gripper. That's, yep. my, okay, that's yep. my big thing. I get, I get a lot of left and right because uh, I love to grab the bow after I shoot. Yep. But oh, yeah. Yes, yep. That, yep. Everyone knows their habits. But, hey, you know what? It's fun. Like, for me, I shoot a handheld release, and I was at the big Redding shoot. Okay. You know, and I, you know, going there with Easton and, you know, 
steer some of the top shooters and one of the guys, uh, Nick from AAE uh, Arizona Archery. Yeah. Um, those guys over there, you know, they do the veins, they got the mm-hmm. rest, stabilizers. You know, he put a sidebar on for me and I'm shooting and he goes, did anybody tell you you hammer the shit out of your trigger? <laughs> and I'm like, yep. He goes, well, you know what? You're shooting fine, keep doing it. <laughs> if it works for you. <laughs> it works, so. Yeah, I gotta, I don't know. I gotta get shooting. We were talking about that earlier. Yes. I am, I'm, after the holidays and then all all of this stuff with work, I gotta I gotta get refocused and, and get back to my shooting, get back to my practice. Well, that's what was great with me because when you work in this industry too, you're around it so much, and sometimes you forget, you know, how lucky we are. And so my son who was always in the sports, mm-hmm. and as soon as sports ended, and he started shooting, and he started dragging me out to the you know local 3D you know 3D shoots, okay. you know the nightly 3D shoots, and. I, we got back into it and I just forgot how much fun it was but it's just like coming all around because we'd always just wait we, our first 3D shoot was always Total Archery Challenge July yep, yep. this year the last few years I mean it's been you know first 3D shoot opens up let's go dad let's go nice. and it's great because I mean you know my wife she, you know my wife you know, says anytime you're doing something with your son I'll never hold you you guys go because we have people who watch our Instagram and they go is all you and your son do is go have fun adventures and do fun <laughs> stuff it looks like that right yeah, yeah you know see my lovely wife right here just hanging out with us and <laughs> she was she was she was leaning in making sure you were yeah. saying nice things about her <laughs> but, but like but like she said they go your poor wife and she's like no I mean, my son and you know husband are hanging out together, and he's 19. Yeah. I mean, come on, when I was that age, I was. When does that know, happen? Yeah, exactly. You know? And I mean, you guys have been hanging out for years. Exactly. Years. Yeah. And now he's got a job, though. Remember that meme that said having a having a kid is like having a little broke ass best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, now he's got a job. So. Oh. Right. <laughs> so say somebody, uh, you know, maybe you're out on an archery shop, and uh, somebody's you're talking with someone, and they're like, you know. I've always wanted to get into hunting. Like, man, that sounds like a ton of fun. But I don't know. I don't know anyone that does it. I don't have any background in it. I want to do it, but it's, I don't know, it's really intimidating. What would you, what would you say to that person maybe to encourage them, or what advice would you give them? Oh, it's great now because, see, back, I mean, even back when I started bow hunting, right? I mean, I'll be honest. I graduated in 94, okay? The last book I ever read was probably, let's see, 92, <laughs> all right? So here I am, fast forward to 2005, well, no, I'd say about more 2000 area. Uh, I started reading uh, hunting books, Okay. all right? Okay. Uh, mule deer hunting books, because back then there wasn't a lot. We had, mule deer, we had Eastman's Hunting, and then we had a Monster Muley website, mm-hmm. okay? Now, if you want to get into hunting, there's so much information out there you can get and start looking at it and just start talking. The shops, your local shop is probably the best place to go. Yep. Go to the local shop, talk to the person there, tell them, you know, I'm looking to get into it. And for when it comes to a bow, you know, take a look at them. One of the things I tell people, whatever feels good in your hand. Yep. Try that. And then from there... Just basically, you know, the, the information that's out there, you know, about learning. For instance, there's a guy, uh, he's, I just met him. Um, he's from uh, Queens, New York. He goes by the name of the Urban Archer. Okay. I, right. I've, I've seen his page before. Yeah. Okay. This guy just, you know, he's got a full-time job working, lives in Queens, wanted to know about archery, gone to archery, signed himself up, got, he just passed his hunter safety last year and is just learning everything he can and trying to kill a deer. And he goes, and he wants to kill a deer in New York. Nice. All right? I mean, people have offered him. He's like, no, I want to hunt a deer over there. And I, 
I found this guy because I shoot archery, wear Air Jordans, and listen to the Wu-Tang Clan. Okay, that's how we connected. And this guy, I mean, he, he, he's telling me his process, but anymore it's like, you know, go to the YouTube videos, you know, go to the things like that and mm-hmm. start learning because I've seen some guys know nothing about mule deer hunting, take the time, learn everything, and then, you know, hit those hills, and next thing you know, they're killing giants. Yep. I mean, there are some, you know, before it used to be guy would have to hunt 15 years to kill a big deer. Yeah. All right? If you have the time... The patience, you you know, you can do it. Our access to information now is it, effectively unlimited. It and is so easy, and and just to to hop on that, one thing I've learned just because that's so much of how I learned is through YouTube videos, through podcasts, is is get specific too. Like when yep. you're searching with something, and I, I talked about this. I did a, a mule deer hunting podcast recently, and we what? talked about that where it's like. Yes, yeah, start out by, like, Googling how to hunt mule deer. Yes. But then, you know, they'll talk about, okay, you know, and it'll be a lot more general, though. Yeah. But they'll talk about, like, oh, okay, you know, mule deer in this area, they, you, you know, you'll want to find a food source. And so then, next thing you do, you go start Googling, what do mule deer eat? Like, yeah. you start, you really need to start getting specific with that. Because I Correct. think sometimes you, you Google the main thing and you're like, well, okay, this is still too complicated. You, you Google that so you can start paring it down and paring right. it down and get more specific and take notes and then get into that really, really detailed stuff. And I, that was one of my big mistakes at first was I couldn't – I was just so overwhelmed because, you know, you're like, okay, well, okay, I got to find their food source. So walk out in the woods and let's see what <laughs> I, they're well, eating. What? I mean, I don't know. so, well, like for me, we've always like I said, always hunted with my dad. You hiked. First deer you saw, you shot, right? You drug it down, Okay. I, you know, I actually took, well, I mean, this is no lie, the Eastman's um, you know, Honey High Country Mule Deer book, okay? Right. The one book, I mean, I read since, you know, or ever ago, and that probably took me like four months to get through it. <laughs> ADHD and bow hunting, trust me, this is rough. But, <laughs> but so I read that book, all right, front to cover, I mean, twice even. And I remember taking, I mean, you know, they talk about bringing, like where we hunt, uh, the high hills, the mountains over here, right? Take a spotting scope, look in these areas. So I took everything from that book, went scouting, and what happened was I hunted this area with my dad my entire life, all right? And guess what? I did what the book said, and I found the biggest buck I've ever found in that area. <laughs> Watched him, patterned him, wasn't able to get to him, did it the second year, did everything the book said, all right? Go on the forums, talking to different people on how to hunt them, what to do. I ended up killing that buck. Uh, you know, and it was like probably one of the greatest things ever because I mean, I, I busted my butt yep. and I sure enough, I mean, it was a three by four and it was, it was my biggest deer and it's all just taking the knowledge from the, it, this is all it was. I was watching VHS videos <laughs> on how to, you know, yep. T- yep. How, to, how to pattern and find mule deer. But now, you know, it's, it's pretty easy now with all the stuff that's out there. But I mean, you know, there it was right there. Oh, I mean, man. I finally killed that deer. I mean, it's a three by four. He was a, you know, score wise, it was rather one, like 150s, nice. 160s, but the biggest deer I've ever killed at the time. You also seem to have shot your sleeves off. Oh, yeah. Well, that was a, hey, that was before Under Armour <laughs> was doing hunting clothing, too. That was an Under oh, Armour shirt right there. Yes. Hat backwards, no sleeves. It was hot. It was August, and, you know, hey, I was, it, I, it's I, getting I pretty was, hot out there. It's pretty hot in there. You know, I got to show the guns, right? <laughs> 
All right, man. If folks want to follow along with the shenanigans, where can they find you? Okay. Well, just so you know, just anything you see on my personal Instagram page does not represent <laughs> does not represent Easton Archery in any way. So you want to follow me on Instagram? It's as Isaac I S A C dot Elman A L E M A N. And there is Junior. So Junior's on there, too. So you'll see that as well. But my boy's on there. But my, my, my Instagram is basically family, fun, uh, hip-hop, uh, mule deer, and shenanigans, like you said. There we go. And all sorts of exciting product unboxings. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do like the unboxing thing. Yes. I mean, like, like I tell people, I mean, working in the industry, you do end up, you know, meeting people, meeting companies. And, they, you know, they send you. And. I don't consider myself an influencer. I'm more of a product prostitute. (laughs) That's the term I like. There we go, man. Well, I love that we finally got to sit down. I think we've been talking about this for about three hunt expos or something like that now. So I'm glad we finally got to sit down and and chat. Thanks for taking the time, brother. Thank you, man. All right, y'all, that'll do it for this episode of The Wild Initiative. Make sure you check out the show notes page at thewildinitiative.com. Get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. That'll do it for this week. I hope this episode inspired you to get involved, get outdoors, and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to The Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from the Wild Initiative family, and more. 